Well, good morning, everybody. It is uh, awesome to see so many faces. We're kind of lopsided. You see how this side of the room is pretty heavy? But thanks for all of you joining us online. We're glad that you're here today. And we're going to dive right into our sermon series, God's Work, Our Hands. And we've been saying that, but we haven't really been focusing too much on the tagline. So today we're going to focus on that tagline, Sacrificial Living, Unending Service. So what does it mean to sacrificially live? And what does it mean to be an unending service? So as we go through the gospel lessons today, I want you to kind of filter it through that lens, asking yourself that question, how you can live sacrificially, how you can live in service. So here we have this gospel, and Jesus and his guys are walking through Galilee. And this is a very... um, It's a repeated pattern throughout the book of Mark where Jesus is saying to them, listen, I'm going to die. And they're all like, huh? They they don't get it. They're not catching on to what he's saying. So Jesus has to bring them back in with some sort of a metaphor or a story or an example to help them understand. And then he says it again. And they're like, huh? And then they have to tell a little story. So this is a repeated behavior that you'll see reoccurring throughout the um, gospel of Mark. And just like lots of us do, they're having um, a debate who's the best. Now, we, we, I don't know if you look back to your childhood, you might remember times you wanted to race to the front of the line or you wanted to outdo somebody really badly. Well, they, at this point, they were, um, there was a real preoccupation with social status. And whether we admit it or not, our culture still has a preoccupation with social status. And these guys are debating with one another who's the greatest, not even cluing in to the fact that the very greatest of all is sitting right with them. And they, when Jesus calls them out on it, and he's like, hey, what, what was going on there? What were you guys arguing about? They all just sort of sat quiet. Nobody wanted to admit what they were arguing about. Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant to all. Jesus just sets it straight. He just puts it right out there. When he saw the blank stares in their face when he made that comment, he just randomly grabs a kid who just happens to be right there and puts the child in his arms. And he uses this story of this child to say, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. But if we pull back layers and we look at what does the Greek actual words say about this. So if we go to verse 36 and 37 in this gospel, the Greek word was paideon. And what that actually translates to is two different things. One, it is the immediate sibling or the immediate offspring rather, meaning a child. Or the other is a slave. And they put both, Jesus put both of those meanings into one statement because what he is saying is this child has no social status. None. This child doesn't even register on the hierarchy of social status. And nor would a slave. But what Jesus is saying is when you fully receive this child, you're receiving me. And there's actually a bigger picture, if we want to get really spiritual, where Jesus is not only talking about this child, Jesus is talking about himself. That you have to accept me as a child. And what Jesus is trying to say is when we receive the person who society tells us doesn't matter, who the world says doesn't count, and when we love on them, we are seeing the face of Christ. Whoever 
welcomes one such child, and my name welcomes me. So what we learned throughout this book of Mark is that discipleship has a cost. It has a real cost. And to be a, a follower of Jesus, we're being asked to actually see people. We're being asked to notice people that everybody else ignores. And I love when the Holy Spirit works as the Holy Spirit does. And Tim chooses a song that is talking about a woman holding a cardboard sign. And how many times do you drive off the end of the highway and you see somebody standing there and you just suddenly have to look over there because you don't want to make eye contact? What Jesus is saying is, no, if you're going to be my follower, you need to see the people. The ones that are overlooked, the ones that are forgotten is who I want you to notice. Because in doing so, when you welcome such a child, you welcome me. So over the weeks in September, we've been focusing on several of our ministries. And today I get to talk to you a little bit about our hunger ministries. And in one of those that you have heard me talk about in the five years that I've been here is God and Grub. Because this one means so much to me. And really, if you don't know what God and Grub is by now, wake up. Because I think I've talked about it a lot. But let me tell you, just in case you forgot. It's a Tuesday now. It's at Tuesdays at noon. We take the Esther bus, which is our graffiti bus. And we go out into the community. And we pick up members of our community who are hungry for Jesus. And not only hungry for Jesus, but they like the fact that they get food too. So we have God and we have Grub. And we go into the youth room, and we gather around our makeshift little chapel that we've created, and we take scripture, and we just talk about it. And one of the things, something that's happening in that particular ministry is these folks that are never given a voice in the world suddenly have a voice in that room. People who cannot read are trying to read scripture, and they're talking to each other, they're encouraging each other, and tears are happening because they're so excited that they've finally got to step up and, and be heard. And their opinions matter. And after we have we spent time in the Word, then we, of course, commune over the body of Christ, and then we go into having a meal together. And the greatest part about this is we're not doing ministry to these people. We sit in a circle, we gather together, and we get to know one another. So when I drive down that ramp now on Jackson Road, I know that that's Brian that's standing there with the sign. And when I go over to Kroger and I see John with his mohawk standing there begging, I can mess around with them and have some fun because I know them, I know who they are. I've developed a relationship with them because as a follower of Christ, I've, I've seen them. And that's what this text is telling us to do. It's telling us to notice the people on the fringe. Don't turn your face away from them. Because when you start to do that, you're going to discover something about yourself when you get to notice people. You're going to realize you have a whole lot more in common than you ever imagined. So if, you, if that stirs something in you and you want to be part of that midweek service, we need people that help with the meals. We need people to drive the bus. We need people to come and just be present. Marge Becker is one of our senior members. From day one of us launching God and Grub, Marge was there. And Marge never hesitates to learn. And she, I remember the first time she walked up to this young African-American man and she held his hand and she said, I'm glad I get to be here with you because our lives wouldn't cross otherwise. And I want to get to know you and how we can be alike. 
And they had this beautiful conversation and it's just grown and Marge is there all the time. So maybe that is one ministry that tickles you. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Then we also, in the cold months, we open our doors to the daytime warming center. And this is where we get uncomfortable. This is where we sacrifice. Because things happen when you bring people in to a space that's fancy and they're not used to living fancy. Railings get broken, doors get hurt, plumbing gets backed up. Things happen. And it's a sacrifice that we're called to live because sacrificial living doesn't mean everything is packaged nicely. But it means that you've noticed the person nobody else did. So the same community, we have a rotating shelter and we house friends of ours, 25 or more, come and sleep in our Piper Hall. And I mean, it's great that they get a good night's sleep, but the better part is you get to have a meal with them. You get to sit and talk to them, do a puzzle. You get to hang out. Is it uncomfortable? Yeah, that's the fun of it. When you step out in the name of Christ, I'm going to tell you, crazy things can happen. But that's what we're called to do because Jesus tells us, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And in a few minutes, you're going to see a video on fed up food truck ministries and how we, with Pastor Anna and her team, are going out into the world to love on people in a dignified way. People who normally are just given food and told, eat it, now get to order and pick what they want on it and not want on their, on their plate. And they get to be served. And they get to be loved on. Because that's what Jesus calls it to, us to do. So we have this, you know, there's this divide in the world of what is Christianity? It's so judgmental, blah, blah, blah. Actually, not if we follow Jesus' Christianity. Jesus' Christianity is all about welcoming, valuing people, and loving on people. There's not room for judgment when you're busy loving. In fact, if you actually went out and looked people in the eyes, it's really hard to judge them. Because when you see into somebody's soul, it's really hard to slap a stereotype on them. So Jesus is calling us to go and be like him and reach the most vulnerable people. Go out and see the people that have no status, that have no legal rights, that are definitely just hanging out on the fringe and pull them in like he pulled in that child. And show them what the face of Christ looks like. And I hope when you do that, that you will be so uncomfortable, it's unbearable. Because it's there where you're going to grow. And it's there where you're going to lean into God to give you strength. And it's there where you're going to learn something about yourself that you've been missing. And that's when beautiful transformation happens. And that's when the gospel comes to life. This past week, my Bible study and I talked um, a lot about Old Testament and New Testament and the parallels. And some of you that were at God and Grub have heard this, and I'm just going to say it again because I think it's really important. We had some aha moments, and we were talking about the tabernacle in the Old Te Testament and how fancy-schmancy it was, and they would use the finest linens, and they would use the finest metals, and they would create these unbelievable um, tents, and then they would take it down and pack it up and go to the next city and do it again. 
And somebody said, why would they spend so much on these tabernacles? Like, why would they make it so elaborate? Well, what was housed in the tabernacle? But God. And so then they would pack it up and take it, not in a semi, they would take it on the backs of donkeys, and they would go to the next thing. They kept bringing God to the people. Well, in the New Testament, Jesus is the fulfillment of law. And Jesus calls us, the people, the church. We are made in Christ's image, which is way more elaborate than any tabernacle that you can see a picture of. And what dwells within us but Christ? And if we're supposed to learn from that Old Testament story, we're supposed to take that and bring Christ to the people. So if you've gotten comfortable sitting in pews or sitting behind a screen and doing Christianity, you got it all wrong. It's not about you being served. It's not about you consuming Christianity. It's about being a servant of all. And when we make that shift in our head and in our hearts, that's when unbelievable things happen. That's when people get to know the living God through you. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So how will you answer this call to live sacrificially? It doesn't mean you have to, you know, roll up your sleeves and dive in. Maybe that's not the kind of serving you want to do. Maybe you're more comfortable walking out, grabbing a tag, and buying a stethoscope for the Uganda Health Clinic. All right. Maybe you'd rather grab a pen and write a letter to advocate for our brothers and sisters in Palestine. Yes, we need you too. Maybe you really like to make cookies for God and Grub. All righty. But there's something. No matter how able-bodied you are, there is some way you can reach the people on the fringe. Maybe it's just slowing down and looking at that person at the end of the ramp and seeing them. Maybe instead of holding on to that dollar because you'll say they're going to go buy booze, you give it anyway. Because maybe that booze will save their life because they're an addict. Maybe you don't need to judge that. But how is your heart being stirred right now? Right now, as the Holy Spirit is in this place, how are you being stirred to go out and serve somebody that our culture, our world says, is lowly, is on the fringe, is vulnerable? We all have basic questions that we, we want to ask. We say, gosh, am I even welcomed? Gosh, am I valued here? Do I belong? Am I loved? Every human has that need. So how can you go and help somebody today feel valued, feel cared for, feel like they belong, feel loved? Because my friends, you are called, each and every one of you. You have Christ dwelling inside of you, so you are being sent into the world to make God's love known. It's a big task. But I'll tell you what, there's nothing more fulfilling than when you see somebody's face light up because of the first time ever they've been seen. So go, be the face of Christ to somebody today. Let's pray. Okay, Jesus, you keep putting these messages out here that I have to tell people to get up and get out of their seat to do things. And sometimes I just think, 
Oh my, just a noisy gong in their ear again. So I'm going to invite your Holy Spirit instead to grab hold of their heart and their soul and to shake them up and to stir them to go out into the world and look at people differently, to look for the face of Jesus in every person that they encounter, to love like you first loved, to take up somebody who's outside the circle and gather them in like you brought that child in in your arms that day. So thank you for trusting us with such a ginormous task of making your name known. Give us strength when we're weak and courage when we want to be quiet. But use us, Lord. We surrender to you. We surrender to your will. And we give you thanks for loving us like you do. In your name we pray.